sudden death and then the difference, the contrast of the long goodbye that we had with Kara. They were so different. And the long goodbye, cancer isn't the time to start repairing things or wish you had lived differently. And so in my health now, and Kara said this often, how am I living? And I am glad I had, I talked about earlier the community outside of this group that really supported me in when I started taking care of the Tippett's kids more and had other commitments going on in my life. There were people who filled in. I had one friend in particular who helps me with my mops ministry. She took over my position beautifully so that I could have time with Kara that is just priceless now to have that time. And that was a huge way that she showed up for me. And that action has made me realize what are the ways I can do that, even if it's not a terminal situation, what are the ways that I can show up for someone that really will make the difference? And now, Mundane Faithfulness presents, in partnership with South Park Crawl Space Records, the Mundane Faithfulness Podcast. Welcome to the Mundane Faithfulness Podcast, where friends of Kara Tippett's gather to discuss issues of community, grace, hardship, and the gospel. I am your host, Blythe Hunt, and today with me is Jill Butine, and we are finishing the series on her book, Just Show Up, that she co-wrote with Kara. And we have some uh, close friends with us today that we wanted to discuss what it meant to show up for Kara during that time with her. Ladies, if you could go around and Introduce yourself, say your name, and who you are, please. And Shelly, we'll start with you. I'm Shelly Costin, and I'm the one who adopted from Africa. I'm Justine, and I'm the one who uh, helps care for the Tippett's kids now. I'm Jill, and I wrote a book with Kara. I'm Heather, and I gave Kara my dress, and it was called The Grace Dress. I'm Christy Ross, and I am actually the true... Best friend to Kara. <laughs> <laughs> so you think. <laughs> so I think people listening, they want this. They've expressed it. A lot of people that are readers of the blog will comment in, I want someone to show up for me. Or I want this co- kind of community and friendship what would you guys say to them? How do people get this? How do they grow this, these kind of friendships? I, Facebook is good in some ways and not so good in others because you can be very blanket and nonspecific there. So if you share a need and no one responds to it, but you know 600 people saw it, you could feel really lonely. But if you reached out to one person on Facebook or two people mm. or, you know, let, be more, being more specific either in sharing your need or in offering your help, mm-hmm. then it seems like there's a lot more likelihood of that connection, you know? Because mm-hmm. if somebody says something really broad on Facebook, number one, I'm not responding on that so everyone can see. Right. But then I also kind of let myself off the hook too. Like... Maybe 
you know, someone else, I'm just skimming, mm-hmm. somebody else will see it, or mm-hmm. I'm not on there all day, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, but a direct connection, I think, is, there's no substitute for a direct connection, mm-hmm. either when asking or when offering. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that that comes into play with the pursuit. You know, when you put on Facebook, I'm going to go to a movie tonight. If you want to join me, this is where I'll be. As opposed to a text or a phone call to one person, would you like to go to a movie with me tonight? You know, there's a huge difference and it's a one-on-one pursuit. And I've told people that pursuit is my one of my big things. And in pursuing others, I probably am rejected 99% of the time. Mm-hmm. And I have to be ready for that. But that 1% of the time when I'm not rejected is so worth it. And it's hard to tell somebody who's hurting and who's in desperate need for friendship and community, you might be rejected a lot. And it's worth it when you come across the one person who's going to show up for you. It's hard to say that. Mm-hmm. But that's also where faith and trust in Christ and believing his love for you and becoming more and more secure in that will, um, that he has your back even when other people are rejecting you and saying, no, thank you. I don't want to be your friend. Mm-hmm. How did you get so good at pursuing? My I was husband, t- okay. Karen. Mm. That's part of our story and that's why it thrilled me so much when Kara recognized it right away. Mm-hmm. I want to know how you are different because of your friendship with Kara. I'm different because of my friendship with Kara because I was able to watch her um, parent her children and be a wife to Jason. And um, she never once was unkind to the kids that I saw. And I spent a lot of time with her. And, you know, kids are whiny and hard and and they're little sinners. <laughs> they're easy to get angry with or be cross with. And I never once saw her Um, treat them with anything but love and kindness. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. So I'm assuming you've never since been unkind to anybody. (laughs) Well, no. (laughs) I'm crazy after watching all that kindness flow out of Kara. (laughs) No, we still struggle with that. But we get, I think several of us have been asked many times, like, oh, you know, are you super kind to your children and and husband all the time now. I, I, I so want to say yes. And I'm not. <laughs> I'm true. not always. I still struggle with the same things I struggled with before. But I know more now. Right. You know, and that makes me want to be better and do better. and Something to strive that. for. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Certainly. I got really good at this while Kara was here with us. And I feel like I'm kind of getting back into my old rut. And I, I want to watch out for that. But. Kara was so good. Kara was such a um, fly-by-the-seat-of-her-pants kind of gal. And I am such a planner, and it's really hard for me to do anything um, without having planned it out. And um, the, the, the great thing about Kara was that she was your friend that was dying, and so you couldn't say no to her. And so, so she would yes. invite you to do these crazy things, and I would think, I've got laundry to do. <laughs> Or, you know, like, I need to clean my house, like I always keep on doing. <laughs> and and then you would get those thoughts like, really? You're going to choose doing laundry over being with your friend that you don't know how long you have with her? And so she really pushed me out of my comfort zone as far as um, just prioritizing things that you're not going to look back at 
10, 20 years from now and think, I'm sure glad that day I chose laundry over mm-hmm. spending time yes. with my friend. Mm-hmm. And, um, and in general, I mean, those are things that I have to continue working on and that she taught me so much about that always those choices to be with people, to be with your kids, to do those fun things with friends are going to be what you remember years from now and not getting the tedious, you know, things that really don't matter that much in life, getting those things done. So I see myself kind of falling back into that. Um, but I don't think I'll ever be the same. I mean, Kara really did stretch me in that way, and I'm very thankful for it. One way I am different after knowing Kara and walking through suffering with the tippets is, um, first of all, Kara was who she was before cancer. She Community was important. The nearness to God was always her good. It wasn't just when she was dying. Mm-hmm. Um, so practicing those and the disciplines that she had put in her life before cancer are what carried her through. It's going to sound silly, but I'm different because of Kara in that I actually have friends, like daily friends. I, I would see a lot of you at school, but... I either had stuff to do or I just wasn't like a let's stand around and talk after we drop off kids just because I think probably because I didn't feel like I had anything to say. And I I don't know. I just moved on. And I had friends. I mean, like people I worked with 10 years ago and we still got together for coffee every year. And if you were sick, they'd bring you a meal. You know, they were show up people. Mm-hmm. But um, and I was fine like that. I love going to movies by myself. I love being alone. Yeah, I like I Walking up, drop off my kids, walk to the car, go do my next thing. Mm-hmm. So that was why it was hard when Kara would be like, hey, come over. And I would come and then suddenly there's all these cars and I'm thinking, my word. But one of those days was when I finally met Blythe, who yeah. after mm-hmm. the um, women's retreat that you spoke at, I was like, I could so be friends with Blythe mm-hmm. because it stresses her out too to look people in the eye. Mm-hmm. And... um so anyway, and that that was when I met your kids, mm-hmm. and I love your kids, and I'm not Kara who loves all other people's kids. I mean, love in like a Jesus sort of way, but not love in a like everyone comes sit on my lap kind of way because right. they have germs, mm-hmm. you know? That's true. So true. So, um, and, but all of you, and I mean, I was friends with Jill before, mm-hmm. and with Christy, and a little bit with Justine, and I'd met Shelly, but, um, and other people, there are a lot of people that aren't in this room right now, but Mm -hmm. um, just feeling like it wasn't just okay to want and need friends, Mm -hmm. but that it's actually a really good part of life. Yes. And it's not really that hard to make time to have friends. And I always felt like I don't have time for friends, you know, but um, so I'm really thankful for that. Because now I have, although real life and running errands, I discovered yesterday, especially really cuts into your text time. Like I missed out yes. on a lot yesterday morning. I'm not looking at my <laughs> <Yes>. phone. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're gonna need to have your phone in front of your nose at all times. <laughs> but I also don't ignore my children. Yeah, and I'm really good at ignoring. Okay, them. that's acceptable. Yeah. Here's one thing I will say: this whole situation has made me be a lot more gracious for people having their phones on them. Um, I mean, texting is how we communicate now. And 
it has, it was a really helpful and really beautiful tool um, through this. It is what a lot of us grew close through, but it's also how we got our information and it's how we stayed connected. And there were texts that were real fun and funny and we just had to laugh. There were texts that we all sobbed through. Um, there were texts that were just pure information or, hey, who needs a meal? I had two instances where people snapped at me over having my phone. Mm. And one was when Kara was in the hospital, um, and I was her contact for her kids. I needed to have my phone out. Mm. It just made me realize you just don't know. You don't know what the situation is right. when that mom is on her phone on the playground mm-hmm. or um, just has it on the table. You just don't know. Mm-hmm. And that transfers into life. Yes. You never know what anyone is yeah, going through, right. the person next to you. Who- yes. Might look upset or yes. so totally funny story about the texting string. Um, it was sort of the take care of the tippets texting <laughs> string, but Kara wanted to be on it. <laughs> yes. So she, we would, yeah, millions of texts going all around and she just could not miss out. Yes. I just, <laughs> yes. that's so funny still. Why did she want all yes. of our, because we would go from a serious, like you said, helping mm-hmm. conversation to just totally joking about something random. And you'd come back to your phone if you weren't yes. at your phone. And there'd be like 40 texts mm-hmm. or oh 80 texts. Your phone is the phone that like as soon as a, a new comet comes in, <laughs> it brings you back down to the bottom. Yes. And, and then you have to crawl out. Yes. yes. Oh, my word. Yes. And you're still needing to read 36 yes. messages that yes. you missed. And sometimes we would come in and be like, I just got here. Just somebody recap. Yes. Right. <laughs> that always worked. Yeah. And I thought you were going to tell the story of when you sent the dead face emoji. Oh, my gosh. Oh my gosh without let's realizing not. it. Let's not. Let's not. No. That's totally embarrassing. Cut that. Oh my I, I don't know if I can do Wink, wink. On that string of text, I have, because Kara jumped, wanted on our conversation. She was rarely on it, but man, when she was, it was hilarious. She was, funny. She was, she was so funny. And mm. I have the nastiest burn scar on my shoulder because she was jumping on it and the texts were just flying and I was laughing but trying to curl my hair and get ready and <laughs> drop my wand on my shoulder <laughs> caught it with my hand had burns oh my, I had so many burns oh but it was so worth it because I was oh. trying to keep up with the text. that is hysterical <laughs> yeah, she was funny yeah. she could type like no other I do not know how she was able to do that that fast. Yeah. And so many people that she kept in touch with. Yes. And she never, yes, I, I still to this day think about that because I'm so bad at, Heather and I were just talking about this the other day, yesterday. I'm so bad at being on my phone, texting, and being there, present, which seems, this is just our world that we're in today. Like you're saying, Justine. That is our world where we have to be present sometimes on our phone, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but then it makes it so that we're not present where we are physically, mm-hmm. right. and so it's this just odd place that we are in our day, yeah. you know, today. So um, she just seemed to really be great at it. Mm-hmm. Kara seemed to be able to, I don't know, how, I still, I don't know how she did it. She was able to blog. She was able to email. She was able to get back in touch with people, text and be present for her kids all at the same time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Please tell me how she did that. I have yeah. no idea. Mm-hmm. That's a good question. Mm-hmm. Jill, how are you different because of your friendship with Kara? I'm different because of my friendship with Kara for a million reasons. I've been trying to 
pick one as I've been sitting here listening to your stories. I think about what Heather said about having more friendships, deeper friendships. I think I had, like you said, some girls before this, but this has completely changed the landscape of the friendships that I have. I have no doubt that if something were to happen to me or one of you girls, yeah, this story would repeat itself, different Absolutely. personalities. But um, so I'm, I'm different in that way in that I see how important this is. And I don't know if I've really realized before that because I am an introvert and I do like to do things alone, I also like to drop off my kids and just take off and get my errands done and all of that. I don't know if I knew how important it was until mm-hmm. I saw Kara go through this. I saw everyone surround her. And so now it's changed me too in how I react to other people's suffering. Mm-hmm. For sure, I was always afraid to say anything, afraid to enter into suffering with someone, not necessarily because of the hurt, though now I see that too, but because I just did not know what I was doing at all. And I learned so much from you guys. This book would just not exist uh, without this community and without you girls. And I even learned writing the book. Like, I thought I knew some things, but then when I sat down and had conversations with you guys, things would just come to the forefront. Oh, and so even as I was writing, I was learning just so much, so much more. And for me, being friends with Kara has become a little bit about obeying. Mm. I This book, I knew it was not going to be easy to write. I mean, Kara was in hospice while we were writing and you all know that that was not an easy easy thing to do um, but it became about this is what God is asking me to do and while I will throw a little hissy fit um, before I do it or maybe 10 um, <laughs> then you do it and then he blesses you because you are doing what he's asked you to do mm-hmm. did you answer that question? No. You're Please answer. After Kara? Um, because of Kara? I, I, I agree with all of you. I probably could just answer the same things. Life is different because of Kara. My life circumstances are different because of Kara. But I think that um, one of the things that I loved about Kara was she understood the gospel so well and extended it to us so well that I was able to experience so much freedom with her. And it was a direct reflection of the gospel, how much God loves us, how delighted he is in us, how he created us uniquely to be a certain person. And Kara was so good at keying in on who you who you were despite your circumstances or other things that were going on that you felt this freedom to be that person around her and then be that person around other people and be okay with being that person because you knew that this wasn't just Kara, this was God's love through Kara. Mm -hmm. And I felt so much freedom in our friendship. And um, that's a freedom that I have only experienced a few other times, like with my husband or my sisters or certain super close friends, but somehow because of the community aspect of relationship with Kara, it extended into all of my relationships with you guys and beyond that. Something that I wanted to ask you guys about 
um, a lot of times people will ask the question, what is something that um, one of her online friends or blog readers or book readers doesn't know about Kara? And the thing that always comes to mind is her sense of humor mm -hmm. because she she was witty on her blog and in her book, but I don't think her sense of humor could be communicated well unless you were face-to-face -face with her. Right. Can we just talk about that and talk about how funny she was and um, what a neat aspect of her personality that was? She always said the thing that you might be thinking, but you would <laughs> never say. <laughs> she said it. And That's she could because she was a her. pastor's wife. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So everybody was just like, oh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then she was dying. So it was all, you That's know, right. she'd say whatever then. Yeah. And mm -hmm. she'd usually, usually preface it with like, well, I'm dying. So yes. mm -hmm. I can do this. Yes. Say this. And that is another place her humor came through. Yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, who, who jokes like that? Mm -hmm. She did. Yeah. She had great jokes. One of my favorite stories about her is um, we surprised our children when we came back from Africa with our son, and so they didn't know we were coming. It, and that's the nature of children. They're selfish enough to not realize that there's 40 people there, and it's not just to, like, welcome dad home who has been gone for a whole week. <laughs> they maybe should have picked up on the fact that I was coming home after six months. But, um, you know, that time away for me was so hard. Um, I really struggled with understanding why God was allowing me to miss this time with Kara, knowing that she was dying and um, I expressed that to her. I think she gave me the freedom to say, I'm afraid you're not going to meet my son. Mm. I'm afraid you're not going to be here when I get back. And she'd, you know, take that and then comfort me, which seems so backwards now. But that was just who she was. But um, I walked up that ramp with my little boy. And by the time I had hugged everybody, she held back a little bit. And she was kind of the paparazzi taking pictures and mm -hmm. And I finally hugged her, and she, she pulled away and kind of pushed me back by the shoulders and said, See, I didn't die while you were gone. I told you I'd be here. <laughs> and I laughed and cried and then cried and laughed. And, and But I turned around and saw the look on my mom's face. <laughs> she didn't know Kara the way that we knew yeah. Kara. So yeah. her jaw was just on the ground like, oh, I can't. I believe she just said that but that was yeah. so Kara yeah. why wouldn't yeah. she say that yeah. but yeah. it was so it great gave us the freedom in that moment to be like yes you mm -hmm. you're still here you get to hold him and hug him that that, that was important to me mm -hmm. yeah funny funny and hard there's just so many I feel like yeah I think that we've said this but just to reiterate she was so funnily irreverent and the struggle with this avenue of talking about that is that there's so many things that were so funny that still, like, you just can't share mm -hmm. in this avenue because it just isn't appropriate. Um, but so many funny, funny, funny things. She was just quick-witted, super, super smart with her humor and um, not afraid to go there. And then in the same token, as we all know, beautifully um, spiritual and close to God in his heart, kind towards people and others focused. Um, so it was just that perfect blend mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. of irreverent and so close to God. Mm. If that can be done, she mm -hmm. did it. I'm going to say a word and I'd like your response. Patchouli. Oh, <laughs> love it. Kara. Kara. <laughs> I have a funny story about patchouli. <laughs> I met Kara 
I think I've mentioned this before, at Erica's house, she's one of our pastor's wives, and they hadn't, the Tippets had not been here very long, and I was dropping my daughter off to play with Erica's daughter, and Kara was there with her kids, so Erica said, come in, and we should meet, you know, and I noticed the smell of patchouli on her when I came in, but I'm from the South, where everything smells pretty organic and mostly like dirt, and um, so you try really hard to smell like, you know, flowers or France, something frilly. <laughs> then she's going into this thing of how they've just visited these friends who are eating really, really, really healthy. And the Tibbets had been eating all this junk. So now Kara has all of them on this eat really healthy kick. And here she is eating like only the salad, declining everything else, you know. And I genuinely thought... She smells like dirt because she is eating so stinking many vegetables. And I'm like a grown woman. I even read a lot about like food and what you should eat. You know, I was like, I did not know you could smell like dirt. I knew you could smell like garlic, but I didn't know you could smell like dirt. But then I love it. I love that it's Kara smell now. I don't wear it. But I love that it's Kara smell. Yeah, I don't think I could wear it, but yeah. it was mm-hmm. something that we we bonded over immensely mm-hmm. was her her mm-hmm. patchouli smell, mm-hmm. and she knew that I was slightly attracted to her when <laughs> she would walk by me, and I would smell her and think, <laughs> "Oh my goodness!" It was just this wonderful, yeah. And and the funny thing is, is that since she's gone, I have smelled patchouli. Like mm-hmm. on other things mm-hmm. or other people, and it's not the same, no. and it doesn't smell nearly as great. No. Mm-hmm. She had, you know, whatever her wonderful body, natural body mm-hmm. scent was with mm-hmm. patchouli was perfect. It was unique. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's it the scent we all hate to love. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. It is just awful, but it is so <laughs> sweet to us now. Mm-hmm. Um, those of us who have her clothes and it's still mm-hmm. in there, mm-hmm. it is just, I mean, I know several of us have wash things and put patchouli right back on it because that's our girl's smell and Mm -hmm. it's comforting i hunt for the right patchouli yeah Mm -hmm. and i yeah i don't necessarily wear it myself either Mm -hmm. but i i find myself um any store i'm in if i see Mm -hmm. oils i'm like oh Mm -hmm. this one and it's never Mm -hmm. quite right because it's not Mm -hmm. on her whatever kara was you know but yeah yeah the the Mm -hmm. gift that jason gave us of having some of her things that she Mm -hmm. used to wear Mm -hmm has been so precious that the, the day it loses that smell will be a hard, hard day because mm-hmm. it's so sweet to open those bags. And mm-hmm. and you do, you just feel like you're taken right back there with her laying in her bed or, mm-hmm. or the first time you met her or whatever. Mm-hmm. It is. Right. Yeah. So it's yeah. a sweet, sweet smell now. Mm-hmm. I was at Bible study like four days ago and actually was in the coffee room with all these women. I did not know one of them in their well at all. And all of a sudden got a whiff of patchouli and mm-hmm. said, who's wearing patchouli? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this lady just stuck out her wrist. Mm-hmm. And you're right. It isn't the same. But mm-hmm. uh, I just said, oh. Yeah. yeah. Still gets scent. Mm-hmm. I love that. Smells are so yeah. closely tied to our yeah. memories. Mm-hmm. And I think yes. it'll be such a significant one for mm-hmm. the rest of our lives. Mm-hmm. Totally. It's big. So Kara, when she loved something, she loved something, <laughs> and she, you know, she heard a CD or had read a book or a movie or something like that. She went on and on and on about it. Do you guys have anything like that that she turned you onto that mm. um, you now love because of her and her recommendation? Yeah, I took her car one day. Um, she'd had treatment that morning, and and just uh, she and Story were at the house and. I came in and she wasn't feeling well. And I said, let me take story and for a couple hours you can rest. So I ended up taking her car 
and there was a mixed CD in the CD player that someone had made for her. And it was like this folksy, fun kind of music that I would never listen to. I have terrible taste in music. Everyone knows this about me. But I, I started listening to this. I was like, wow, this is, this is cool. And so there were four or five songs, just this really folksy genre. And then the next song was like a Rihanna song. <laughs> I just laughed so hard because I was like, oh, th- this is my jam. Okay, this is cool. So I got back to her house and said, um, I, love, I love that CD and the CD player. And she goes, oh, well, go grab it for me. I was like, okay, I guess we're going to listen to it in the house. Cool. So I went and popped it out of the CD player and, and went to hand it to her in the house. And she said, no, put it. What are you doing? Put it in your car. Like, take it. Aww. She gave it to me. So we still, the kids and I, it's mm, it's our favorite I CD. Love I love it. So mm. every time we pop it in, we all, you know, uh, yeah. stories of Kara come up after that because mm. you just automatically go to her when you hear that music. That's awesome. Some of my favorite Ellie. things. Yeah. Mm. Love it. Ellie Holcomb. Yeah, yeah totally Ellie Holcomb. Mm-hmm. I listen to that her over and over and over mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. It's because of Kara. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I drink coffee now. Because of Kara. <laughs> really? <laughs> I did Tell not, the story oh, about the French roast. Yeah, I did not know Kara well. And she said, come over. And so I thought, okay, all right. So I got over that morning, and she had, it was her first um First time of chemo, so it was probably her third round because she didn't have hair. And I walked in, and she was just kind of slumped in this chair in her living room. And she said, grab a cup of coffee and come sit with me. And I thought, I don't drink coffee, but I don't know you well enough to say I don't drink coffee. And she had made this coffee. And actually, Jason probably made it, but at the time, I didn't know. He wasn't home. Um, And I didn't know her well enough to know if she'd care. So um, I thought, I'm a tea drinker. I don't drink coffee. But I just grabbed it, and I drank my tea black, so I just poured a cup of black coffee, went and sat with her, and choked it down. And just loved that I had this time with her, but thought, oh my gosh, I can't ever do that again. And so I remember talking to my friend Jen and saying, guess what I did? I choked down this coffee, and she's like, oh, girl, you got to put cream and sugar in it, or just tell her. And so then the next time, I thought, okay, I can do this. Next time I'd gone over... I thought, I'll try it with cream and sugar, and liked it. And every time went over and slowly then started drinking coffee outside of it, outside of Kara. Mm. And now, actually, I have it sitting in front of me now. That's almost black coffee. And um, Mm. it just became, I later told her that story. Um, And it's just every time I drink my coffee now, I think of her. And Mm. it's a very sweet memory for me. But um, probably... uh, uh, five months before she died, I think I walked into her kitchen. And she, I had told her the coffee story, and we'd laughed about it. And at this point, we were good friends. And she's eating these like weird cheeses and crackers. They're sitting on her counter, and she said, uh, "You want some cheese?" Or, and I can't even remember what kind it was. But she said, "Have you had it?" And I said, "No." I said, "Sure, I'll have some." And she looked at me, and this look that she always does. She tilts her head and kind of raises one eye and said, "Are you just eating that because I have cancer?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, I'll tell you now. <laughs> I want some cheese. <laughs> the last question I'd like to ask is what you miss the most about Kara. Mm-hmm. What I miss most about Kara is her body, you know, her just her presence. 
even just now thinking about the um, the things that you know um, she turned us on to um, while she was here and things like that, and I just think about the lotion, mm-hmm. the lotions and the creams, and mm-hmm. you know the the precious times that I personally had, which it wasn't very often, but just to massage her feet, and her feet were the most beautiful feet. Mm-hmm. And just you know, I miss her feet. I miss, you know, I miss seeing her hands and her eyes and I miss her smile. Just all of those things that made her, her. You kind of don't realize that when somebody's going, that it's your last time to really see those things and hear her voice or so just her body, her presence, I miss, I miss them immensely. I think I miss being loved in the super unique way that she loved me. Um, I've known great love in my life. My husband loves me more than I deserve to be loved, but there was something about Kara that um, I don't think I was always easy to love during our the years that we were friends. Um, she loved me when I was unlovable. I, I remember uh, we would Skype while I was in Africa, and that was such a hard period of time. I was so lonely. Um, I was there by myself with my son, and uh, there weren't English-speaking people around me. And it was before some other moms had shown up, American moms, that I was able to grow some friendships with. I was so lonely. And she was so sick. Um, Cancer had returned during the time that I was gone, and things were not getting any better as far as her health was concerned. But she took the time to Skype with me, and some days there were not even words. We were both experiencing such different kinds of hard in our lives but there was some kind of camaraderie there we were able to just stare at each other and cry there didn't even have to be mm-hmm. words and hard things have continued to happen in my life since then because life is hard and we don't there's nobody on the other end of that Skype conversation to just sit and cry with because there's nobody that that um, knew me like she knew me in a friendship capacity like that. She was like, I, I don't have siblings. She is the sister that I will never have. And I miss that. I think I miss her momming and wifing, mostly for Jason and the kids, I think. Mm-hmm. That's when I miss her most. Every time we cheer on one of her children at a game and think, why isn't she here cheering? I often think when we are in those moments, oh, she would have loved this. Mm-hmm. She would have loved this. And there are moments as a mom where you think, I have to go to another thing. I mean, I love my kids' yeah. stuff, but there, there are those moments where you're like, ooh, one more thing on the schedule, mm-hmm. or however you look at it, and try not to have that attitude. But I think of her, you know, when we're watching her kids, mm-hmm. and I think she would give anything mm-hmm. to have 
been able to stay, mm-hmm. you know, for her kids. And so. Mm-hmm. Little story in that flash mob. I don't know if you have watched it and just watched story, but I just can hear Kara like just going on and on about that little thing and her little body and how she moved herself. And she, you know, I, you know, I feel like she is seeing her, but just would love to hear her commentary about it. Mm-hmm. What I really miss most is her love for my family. Mm-hmm. She understood Aaron so well and loved him and was his biggest cheerleader. Mm-hmm. And of course, Anne and Vaughn. And Vaughn in particular, he's so introverted, just like me, and he doesn't trust just anybody. And yet he would crawl into that bed with her and he'd be so excited to see her. Mm-hmm. And he felt loved so unconditionally. Mm-hmm. And other than love from his parents, I think she was the first consistent source of a gospel-based love that he had experienced on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And I think that that has made an internal impact on my baby boy. Mm-hmm. Does he still oh, ask about her? And- he talks about her all the time, mm-hmm. all the time. And he has memories. And you saw him, Justine saw him go upstairs to play in the kids' room mm-hmm. or story's room. Mm-hmm. And he- yeah, he walked up the stairs and turned the corner. And Kara and Jason's room is now Harper and Ella's room. Mm-hmm. And he just turned and looked in in his sweet little three-year-old voice and said, that was Kara's room. Mm-hmm. And just like we all do, kind of looked in. Like, I would say that being at the Tibbetts house is one thing I miss. Mm-hmm. That is where I miss her most. And I am there a lot because of the kids. Mm-hmm. And it, it feels so hard. It is getting easier. And I don't know whether or not to cry about that or not. Because it feels so unnatural to walk in and not just run up to her bed, run up to her room. There's something in me that thinks that maybe this time she's going to be there. I know. That's, it sounds ridiculous to say out loud, but every time I walk in that house, I think maybe she'll be there. You have been listening to the Mundane Faithfulness Podcast with Blythe Hunt, an official production of the Mundane Faithfulness blog. You can find us on the web at mundanefaithfulness.com or on Facebook at mundanefaithfulness.com slash community. Subscribe now to hear the weekly podcast on iTunes or your preferred podcasting application. Help us spread the word. If you enjoyed this week's episode, please go to iTunes and leave a review. Thank you for supporting the Mundane Faithfulness community.